Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Joining me on the line now is uh, someone you've heard of before. We've chatted to him before. He is an Irish comedian. He's also one of the top Irish podcasters in the country. And dare I say it, in the world, you've been going at this for a long time. Uh, from an Irishman abroad, Mr. Charlotte Regan, how are you? How are you doing, Cormac? What's the crack? Not much, man. How's uh, how's life in lockdown been treating you? <laughs> well, it's tricky. I mean, there's no, no two ways about it. Everybody's adjusting. And some days are better than others. That's the that's the fact of it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Some days I'm loving life, and other days you kind of like, listen, I'm just going to stay in bed for six more hours. I I, I just don't want to be. <laughs> I just don't want to be bothered today, right? So um, yeah, well, like to be honest with you, I I would be a big advocate of no matter what, get out of bed. <laughs> that's always my thing. Uh, that like even when yeah. I'm feeling shocked, and I think I talked to you about this before, and you were like. This guy's nuts. <laughs> if ever there was a guy who is <laughs> sociopath, this guy getting up at five in the morning to write jokes. But honestly, I will drag myself by the hair down to uh, just to get into the world mm. rather than stay looking at the ceiling. And that is from a mental health perspective, getting the juice moving. That's that's the key for me. That's really interesting because I know you're you're an ambassador for Jigsaw. We might talk a little bit um, about that specific role mm. and the work you're doing with them in a, in a few minutes' time. But there's always the trope and the stereotype of, you know, comedians being, let's say, you know, dark and depressed and blah, blah, blah. And some of that might be true for some people and it's obviously not true for everyone else. But the one thing I've learned mm. from speaking with people like yourself and from doing comedy in, in, in different ways, you decided to kind of pursue... Uh, not a normal nine to five. You said I'm going to do comedy and I'm going to go out and I'm going to give this podcast thing a go. I'm sure that there was probably some difficult, low, challenging points where you were probably having conversations with yourself and other people where you're like, "Why? Why did I decide to do this? What happens mm. to you when you, you know, what were some of the, maybe the challenges along the way of making an Irishman abroad become as successful as it is and making your comedy become as successful as it is? What were some of the more challenging moments that you've had and then? What did you find helped kind of pick you out and pick you back up from those moments? Probably the most challenging moment along the way has been the Christmas party, the <laughs> visit with the in-laws, the uh, <laughs> moments when you look to outside people who don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who's pursued something that's anyway unusual, whether it's starting your own business or even just taking a job with a company nobody's heard of mm. or 
even something a little more off the beaten track, like deciding I'm going to be a poet. Uh, the second you take your uh, fragile little ambition to someone who doesn't know how to handle it, they can break it on you. And I found those the hardest times because when I was in my own head and I was able to stay focused on what I wanted to do uh, and be around the people that believed that that was possible, that was a doable thing, uh, I was fine. But I found the hardest parts were where you try to actually explain the mad thing you were doing to people that had no experience of it. And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling this now when they're kind of in close quarters with their families, that sometimes they they can be the worst ones to talk to about what it is you'd like to do when it's something unusual like comedy or podcasting. Like I literally remember telling relations that I was starting a podcast and they were like, well, what's that now? <laughs> and I was like, it's a, like it's only when you say it out loud, you realize how crazy it is. It was like back in 2012, they were like, what's that now? And I go, it's a free radio show. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to only hear it on the internet. They were like, and how do you make money off that? And I, at the time, I didn't know. Yeah. And I think when you're pursuing something you really want to do, there's a leap of faith involved. There really is. Where did you get that strength to go for? Because I know so many people, like if you're listening right now, as Jarlett said, you might have plans to do something that's slightly different. And I don't know if it's an Irish thing where people are like, how oh, would you cop on and just get a real job that involves a chainsaw and a hammer or the civil service, you know, that kind of way. Uh, and then you have to try and, you know, you soon as you met that, it struck a chord with me as well because I've had those conversations with other people where you're like, no, no, I'm good to go. But how do you, how did you manage your own head then when you're faced with that, those kind mm. of, and I, I think one, yeah, it's Irish, but I think it might be a concerned, there's some positivity behind that because it's like, would you not, you know, look after yourself and make sure you're you're able to provide for yourself and those kind of things. So how did you navigate that space? Oh, um, I would say that a big part of it, big part of it is for like everyone's different. Okay, yeah. let's start there. Like everyone's different. Okay. And there's no right or wrong way. And uh, definitely I've learned this across the 400 or so episodes of stuff that I've produced. I used to always ask people, what's the one piece of advice you can stand by? But all anybody's telling you when they give you advice is what they'd do yeah. if they were you. But they're not you. And they don't know you. And they don't know what you are capable of or where your passion is or what it feels like to have that passion. And I think I was really aware of that, probably because my dad had taken a kind of a mad leap into uh, at a very young age, choosing to leave Ireland at like 13 years old. And that was kind of written into our family history that he'd done this mad thing yeah. and the gamble had paid off. Uh, but going back to that feeling of, well, you don't know me. <laughs> and getting, get, having the belief in yourself or at least a belief that there's a quietness and a stillness in you that from your perspective is worthwhile and valuable. But that is a big, that's a big one to get to, isn't it, Cormac? Like actually recognizing value in yourself because uh, that's, that's the kind of clincher. If you can have that belief or self-worth, uh, you, you can kind of manage things. And I definitely have had moments of real self-doubt. And sometimes you think that that self-doubt is essential and normal. 
for a creative person and for anyone, because if you don't doubt yourself, uh, your work is going to be very uh, uh, unscrutinized uh, and uh, you basically release the first draft and go, yeah. well, I believe in myself. Uh, whereas if it's going to be good, you're going to need to be tough on it. So I think for me was recognizing that when my mind says, that's no good, it's not saying uh, you're no good. It's saying you have an ambition to achieve more. And separating those two things and seeing the inner voice, not as a critical voice, but more of an ambitious yeah. driving force. No, I like that because I suppose you're never gonna, <clears throat> you're never gonna, you know, the Godfather wasn't spat out on a first draft. You know what I mean? It takes a, an awful no, lot of iterations to kind of get it right, and you mm-hmm. have to, you have to start, and you have to churn out. I think what I've learned from from doing comedy over the last few years, and I remember reading a really good book about this, is that when you're writing jokes, you have to prepare and expect for nine out of ten of them to be terrible, and that's okay because you might be able to polish a few turds along the way for for want of a better word. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a handful of darts at the dartboard, I reckon, with any type of creative stuff, whether it's songwriting or uh, jokes. Uh, I I think that you grow uh, with age uh, with your confidence in your intuition. And that's, I think, you know, when you bring up Jigsaw, uh, uh, I think the recognition of it is hard to be a young person and not have that intuition and not have the kind of fallback yeah. of knowing, well, I've been in a similar situation to this before. And when I trust my gut, it tends to work out when I don't uh, follow the crowd. And I, I I know what an intuition or a feeling is. Uh, you know, you, it's hard. It's hard to be a young person without that knowledge. Uh, I interviewed Ardell O'Hanlon just recently, and he told me about struggling uh, with anxiety prior to going on stage for a long, long time, kind of uh, throwing up and feeling real self-doubt and uh, remarkably feeling more confident uh, now at this point in his life than at any other point, uh, partially because he re- recognised that that was his body preparing to perform mm-hmm. at its best and partially because, you know, he trusts his gut now. He's like, well... Yeah. You know, I, I believe it's funny, so <laughs> on we go. And uh, not uh, not kind of relying on the outside approval of others, knowing in your heart that you did what you felt was right. When and how did you come across Jigsaw? Why did you uh, get involved with them? Well, I guess I'd known about Jigsaw's workshops through communities, across communities in Ireland for some time. And uh, then a, a kind of friend of theirs uh, got in touch with me and said that, you know, the Irishman abroad would be a fantastic way to raise awareness of them because I guess there's a big crossover between what Jigsaw do and the type of conversations that I have with people. That One of the many through lines in my interviews are, uh, you know, emotion, doubt, anxiety, uh, mental health, feelings of uh, frustration, loss, uh, defeat. I mean, not everyone can relate to AP McCoy winning the Grand National or being Mm. champion jockey all those years. But everyone can relate to falling down, hitting the deck and having to get back up. So that is where I tended to bring my conversations to. And somebody, a friend of Jigsaw's, got in touch and was like, well, you know, you 
you you could raise these guys up and make them kind of a charity partner of the show and in so doing kind of point people who've enjoyed these conversations towards a place that recognises and identifies the value in talking about these things and educating young people. Like so many of my guests have talked about wishing that they had been schooled or at least assisted in developing the mental health skills required to just survive life. And it just seemed like the perfect fit. And since the lockdown, I've been doing everything in my power to just point people in that direction, whether they need help or whether they have young people in their life who mightn't be saying much, but could probably do with having a look at jigsawonline.ie. Yeah, definitely. And I know there's a ton of stuff there. If you are young and looking for some help and advice, but also if you're a parent or a guardian or you're wondering how you can help mm. a young person in your house, there's tons of information up there that can help you as well. So there's, they're kind of trying to cover all the all the, uh, all the the angles here. So without throwing uh, your own question um, back to you, what's been your, uh, if you could give someone one single piece of advice, what would you uh, say? Oh, I've been asked this a few times, and uh, I think one of the reasons why I I, I, I kind of dropped the question was because there is no one single piece of advice, and when you go looking for it, and if that's what you're seeking out, is others telling you uh, how to do things, then you're on to a wrong one. Uh, that, for me, it's all experience and kind of recognizing that and even in teaching my young nine-year-old boy this that we try and keep it level that if it's if things are great uh try and keep it a level a kind of a centeredness to it because if things are bad uh if you treat them both the same you you won't get uh you won't be able to move from either situation as easily recognizing that both pass both pass. Both of those things are going to pass and that all you can do is kind of be present and uh, be uh, aware of what each feeling is like. Because there isn't, as Jerry Seinfeld said in his recent, most recent special, there isn't a huge difference between sucks and great. There really isn't. They're really right next door to each other. You know, you go and you get a burger from uh, Wow Burger it's great. <laughs> it's gone, and all of a sudden it sucks. <laughs> They're really so close together uh, that you kind of you can't allow either to affect you in a major way. And if you can, in some way, get to that, I think you can kind of survive most things. Charles Regan from an Irishman abroad. You'll see him on a comedy stage somewhere when we all get back to normal, and an ambassador for Jigsaw. Listen, it's been a pleasure, man. We'll chat you again soon. Thanks. Have a good one. See you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 